mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. And we're back. So let's talk about what we like and maybe what we don't like even more from Mobile World Congress. So what is the one thing that you've seen so far that you said, these mother efforts are out of their mind. There's no way anybody's going to buy this. Uh, Probably the Huawei Mate X. Well, I don't know if I would say they're out of their mind. Um, This is Huawei's folding phone. And in many ways, I think as a concept, if, if the if the technology were mature, it's it may be superior to the Galaxy Fold uh, because it's basically the, the screen um, folds over the front and back of the phone outwards instead of inwards like a book. And by virtue of that, they were able to make it quite a lot thinner. I think it's 11 millimeters or 13 millimeters as opposed to 17, so maybe it's 11, 17, something like that. And it has, uh, you know, 4,500 milliamp hour battery. Um, they kind of use this unique thing too, where it has like a, a spawning um, on the if you were looking at it on the side of the phone where the cameras and everything reside. Yeah. And then the spring folds around it, um, and it's really really neat. Uh, I think that I understand why people would gravitate towards this design, but here's here's the things that are against it, in my opinion. We've seen plastic screens before. This is a plastic screen. We've seen them on the Moto C4 phones. And they scratch easily. I mean, really, really easily. So, you know, Motorola had those shadowproof phones because you couldn't shadowproof. You know, they were shadowproof. They were plastic. But they scratch. And you had to put a screen protector on them in order to remove a scratch mess. So my feeling is if you have this design, it is going to be just a scratch mess inside of like an hour. Um, I don't, I think it'll look terrible um beyond that the other issue that i have with this is you know the samsung one as we discussed in the, in the last little pod it, it, it looks like there may be a little bit of a crease but on the huawei one there is like a discernible bump um, where the screen folds and it, it looks like one of those things where this isn't a mature technology and they're using a boe sourced screen and there was a, a guy who got sued too for stealing confidential information on the flexible screens from Samsung. So maybe Huawei was the, the person that benefited from BOE. But it seemed like the design on its face looks like a better, newer design. It's more, you know, it's truly bezel-less. It doesn't have that kind of weird front screen. But I think in practice, this wouldn't be a good design. And the price tag, it's 5G, which is the full, there's going to be 5G for it, but this one's 5G. I think the reason that no one will buy it beyond all the issues I just outlined is it costs twenty six hundred dollars. It it looked to me honestly, it looked like a worse implementation and a worse design than the Samsung one. The Samsung one, even though the giant bezels on the front screen were monstrosities, it looked much more elegant and maybe it was just the uh maybe it's just the presentation maybe it's just samsung's marketing hype and don't get me wrong and i heard this somebody else mentioned this i think it was uh maybe it was the android central podcast guys but they mentioned you know if there's two companies that know how to make phones and know how to make good android tablets the two major ones are samsung and huawei and those are the two companies that have developed this folding screen tech which takes a phone and turns it into a tablet so it makes sense that maybe they would be the ones who would be able to come up with something that would make this um, you know, significantly useful. But I just looked at the Huawei 
variant. I looked at the Huawei design language, and I just went, bleh. And I, I don't like it at all. I don't like the camera placement in the spine. I, I don't like the reverse, um, not reverse, I guess, but the kind of the overfold versus the underfold or the kind of the book fold style that Samsung went with for the same reasons that you just talked about. I think, you know, all, even Samsung's implementation, these are big screens and you can't put tempered glass screen protectors on them. So they're going to get scratched to shit before uh, too awful long, sooner rather than later. And again, you, you're not going to put some kind of case on it. So how are you going to keep it from looking like a bloody mess? Well, if the screen folds inward, you can use the case of the phone to do that, which isn't the case in the Huawei design. So I'm, I'm not a fan. Um, and there's no way in hell I'd spend $2,600 for it. I don't know what Huawei is smoking that they think people are going to pay that much money, but you know, there'll be a couple of Huawei executives that'll probably end up with one of these things. And you know, maybe that will make for a better second version of it. Look, I actually think that design, if, you know, if we were talking about glass or some kind of resilient material, is not all bad. It's pretty clever, in fact. It it looks, the front of the screen, like when you're using it as a phone, is better than the Galaxy Fold. You get a 6.6 inch, uh, 19.59 aspect ratio, so very similar to a normal phone, 24 by 80 by 1148 resolution. I'm looking at a main display. Um, and then it has this display on the back so that you can take selfies with the, the camera. And, and it actually looks pretty ingenious in a lot of ways. I think that, again, I, online, a lot of, I think actually the majority of people prefer this design um, and were more impressed by what Huawei showed compared to Samsung. But I agree when you're actually looking at it through the prism of a usable device and kind of how it would hold up long term and the limitations of the technology. I feel like Samsung's implementation is. Um, more thoughtful and definitely the one I would I would buy if I were buying one. It, it looks more finished to me. But you know, this is an interesting phone, and um, it, it, yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see where this goes. Uh, you know, I, like we'll never see the Huawei one in the wild. I, I don't think it'll even come to the United States, so I doubt I'll ever actually see one. But uh, it definitely again has a wow factor, but. It's, it's, I just feel like something just scratched me very, very quickly without design. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm out on that for sure. So what was uh, what was something that you saw that you went, huh, that's actually kind of cool and I might be on board with that? I saw a couple of cool phones so far that I liked. Um, I, you know, we just got done speaking about how 5G was kind of a, a garbage uh, thing right now, but Xiaomi showed off their Mi Mix 3 5G and... Again, this is something that, you know, there's no real 5G networks here. I think it's mainly made for overseas, but I, I always really liked the Mi Mix, and it barely went up in price. I think I saw that in U.S. dollars, this is only uh, like $680. I think they announced it at 599 pounds, so I think that's what it earned here is perhaps. So it, it equates out somewhere that way, but basically they took the Mi Mix and they added in a Snapdragon 855 instead of an 845 and gave you 5G. It is still ceramic. It has 256 gig of storage. It still has that bezel-less 3.9-inch AMOLED screen uh, with that kind of magnet cool pop-up design. And I just get you from its 680s price. So I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, you know, Xiaomi always gives you a lot of value for your money, and I really love the design of the mix. So shall shall you? No, shall me? You take it back right now. Hell no, um, man! I worked I worked long and hard on that. Get the hell out of uh, here. Nope. Take it back. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, uh, I'm out. I'll hang up. 
I'll do it. No, but um, is that really I, is it really that much worse than the you need to do the wa way? I just I don't know why you must when the when the puns, but I should do better. Um, you, sh- you really should. But uh, yeah, so I like that. I like the. Um, I actually like the Mi Nine, also from Xiaomi. Uh, it's a really nice phone. Uh, it's got three cameras on the back. It has the uh, uh, like near bezelless front and AMOLED and teardrop notch, but not tight, not tight teardrop notch. It, is that the one that kind of looks like a six T? Very much like a six T. Yeah, um, it is. Uh, I, I, very 60-esque, but I would say the notch, I, I would describe it more, the, the 6T actually has that like kind of a waterfall look where the radius of the notch is smaller. This, this is more like abrupt, kind of like the essential phone almost, but okay. smaller. Like a widow's So speak. it really okay. is a very small um, uh, notch. And it, it looks good. And we're talking about, you know, uh, 6.4-inch Super AMOLED, so again, very, very in line with the um, uh, OnePlus 6T. 23 by 40 by 1080, it's an 1879 aspect ratio. We have uh, triple rear cameras. They're using that 48 megapixel rear camera. So this is, again, similar to what we've seen in this Huawei. I think Huawei, where they're using a large sensor, but they basically get the 48 image and they cluster the the pixels together into quads, I believe. So you basically get a 12 megapixel picture. Um, But they're, they're using that. And it also has a... Telephoto and a ultra wide. Um, Snapdragon 855, uh, 12 gig of RAM, up to 12 gig of RAM, 250 you know, be perfectly fine on I mean, the GSM carrier. For some reason, on the Mi 8 and 9, they don't. So it's kind of a bummer because you can't get this phone to the state, but it's very, for the money, I mean, it, you're getting a lot of value for your money as you always do with Xiaomi's, and I wish they would, I wish they would bring these here. Um, I think it would be great. You know, my brother, he was asking, he has an LG G6, and he was asking, what's my next phone going to be? And, and probably the answer would maybe a OnePlus either a, you know, a 60 or a 7, I would imagine, actually. But um, this would be a great option if they had it here. I, I think I read that the 128 gigabyte variant is the equivalent of $565. And you get all of those specs that we just talked about. So That puts it in the that puts it in OnePlus 6T launch price territory, for sure. Yeah, so it's a OnePlus 6T, but, you know... Same beautiful handling. You have triple cameras on the back, and it seems like the cameras may go a little bit more capable, honestly, than what OnePlus is doing. It's got a tiny notch, and um, and my UI or me UI, whatever the hell they call it. Yeah. So, which which you know, Nantech and Samsung reviews and is a a really a good performer. So, um, I like what Xiaomi. You know, as I said, I I like almost everything I've seen from Xiaomi so far this year at the show. And then another thing that stuck out, I would say, is the Nokia Pure View. Pure View. So for the record, I like anything with the words pure in its title because that's the opposite of impure. And if you sold it as the Nokia 9 Impure View, 
nobody would buy it. So of course you want the peer review. This is the Nokia nine, which at least according to big shout to, uh, Michael Fisher, Mr. Mobile. I watched his review of it uh, earlier today on the YouTubes. Um, he said that it's more like a special edition. It's not going to be like their flagship style flagship from HMD, but that it's incorporating the, um, light camera sensing technology, which I think makes it have five cameras on the back. Did I read that right? It has indeed five cameras on the back. And yes, you're correct. It's building off of that platform, the light platform. So HMD uh, bought the Nokia brand a while ago and started selling off some of these kind of recreated phones from Nokia's heyday back when they were, you know, actually a company. And this Nokia 9 does have some really interesting, um, some really interesting camera possibilities behind it. Uh, I read something about how they're using with their, I think three of the cameras are um, monochrome black and white sensors and two have RGB sensors and they're using the monochrome sensors for depth and data material and something along the lines of like most cameras when you're using the portrait mode have somewhere between like seven to ten planes and that's how they determine how they're blurring the level of the background that's how the bokeh effect is generated and that this light device has something of upwards of 1200 planes of data that they're taking to be able to produce that blur effect so you can actually graduate the images blur as you go deeper into the background which gives it much more of a DSLR um, bokeh kind of look uh, which I thought was kind of cool but then I said to myself would I ever really use this and then my answer was no what do you think about the Nokia 9? So, okay, first of all, uh, a couple other, let's just cover a couple other little specs, odds and ends. Um, six inch AMOLED screen, it's a 5.99 technically, 1440p. The design basically looks like an LG 30, so it has a very small top and bottom bezels, but no notches. It, it looks, it, again, it, maybe like a design from 2018, I would say. Um, but it's not that looking from. Uh, it comes with the Snapdragon 845 instead of the 855. That's right. So from a timing perspective, maybe not the greatest on planet Earth, but it does have 60 gigabytes of RAM, 128 gigabytes of memory, 33, 20 battery, which isn't the largest ever, but should do. IP67 and wireless charging. So it has a lot. Um, there's no headphone jack or micro SD card though, so that's kind of a bummer. Um, to your point, uh, and pricing, uh, it's going to come out in the United States, it's going to be $700. So um, slightly more expensive than OnePlus 16, slightly less expensive than a Samsung Galaxy S10. So it kind of fits right in there. Um, to your point, I don't know enough yet to know whether I think this is a you know a good or bad move from Nokia. It, it's certainly novel, and watching the video from Fisher today, it it seems like there's a lot of, I don't know, possibility perhaps that the camera may, may indeed be quite a lot better by virtue of this setup. Uh, but I remember watching his review of the light camera. We've seen other reviews of the light camera when they tried to do this, and the reviews were not good. 
at uh, all. You know, in fact, fine. they were. Um, I mean, if from what you expected it to be, from what it act, to what it actually did, was something of a disappointment, and I don't think anybody would disagree with that. It's not that it was bad per se, but just that you know you're like, oh my god, this thing has like 700 cameras on the back of it. It should be incredible, and it it just wasn't. So, so what's the market, right? So, um, it runs Android One, by the way, which we glossed over. I would view that as a pro. I would definitely um, view that as a pro as well. Yeah, so, so that's that's nice. So, I guess the market potentially is maybe someone like my wife. Um, she has a Huawei Mate Nine that needs replacement, and something like this. If the cameras were good enough, might be something that she would be interested in because to her, photography is you know, really like the most important thing on her phone with battery life being a close second. But then in the same breath, I would say the battery is small on this phone, relatively speaking, some of the other larger phones this year. And with only 128 gigabytes, say no SD card, if you're taking a ton of photos, you're going to probably be filling that up. Um, and it's a processor that's a generation behind, which a lot of people won't care about, but if there's other things on the market that are, when you are getting that newer processor, which gives you a little bit more longevity, perhaps, as you own the device, um, I would see people choosing you know, newer, newer phones. So, I don't know who the market is, but I, I'm holding off judging completely until I see what the camera can do. I mean, I saw a picture that some marketing person took on it of, I think it was like a rock formation or something, or mountains or something. It was stunning. Picture. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I think I saw that, too, actually. It was... Yeah, it was kind of like a like a Utah um, like a Utah Zion National Park kind of style photo where it was like there was light in the background and there was rock formations and some other stuff and it, it was it was incredible looking like you you looked at that photo and you're like oh some dude with a you know Canon 5D basically hung out on a rock for three hours trying to get the shot and it, it wasn't it came from that Nokia Nine Peer View and that was definitely impressive but I'm taking it with a grain of salt too. No, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. But if a bunch of reviews come out and they go, wow, this thing really is, you know, like the Nokia 1020 um, of your running on Windows phone, if it's like, wow, this camera phone really is quite a bit better than other things out of the market, then there may be indeed be a lot of people that would be interested in this. I, I think, as I said, I'm holding off, um, the Pixel 3s have a single sensor and are still the best cameras that I've seen. So, is processing so much more important that it doesn't matter if you have all the cameras you get bad processing? I, I don't know. Um, I, so we'll see, we'll see what happens with it. But it's interesting, at least, and it is getting released here. And seven hundred dollars is not, you know, that's more mid range, high mid range at this point. But, but you know, mid range pricing than complete flagship pricing. So it's really interesting. I want to see reviews, and I want to see more camera samples. Did you find either of LG's phones, the G8 or the V50, to be interesting at all? No. So, <laughs> no. Okay. So, okay. This was the weirdest thing. So about a month ago, on leaks, it was a pretty, really stout track record as far as devices. Leaked the G8. And LG's head of marketing said, Basically, that's not our phone. That that's wrong. And this kind of went went on, and um, another render got leaked by XDA that announced the other leaks were 
And this guy kind of doubled down and was like, nope, wait till Mobile World Congress. That's kind of not what we're going to show. And then they released the G8, and it's exactly what they showed. I, I don't know. What the hell? I have no idea what that guy was talking about. I mean, it literally is the same device. And it looks virtually indistinguishable from the G7. I mean, it looks... It has larger-than-average bezels. Um, it has... A, a, we'll say a generous-sized notch. Uh, they switched from LCD to AMOLED, so I imagine the screen quality would be a little bit better than the screen, which is nice. They got rid of the speaker because they're using this, like, piezoelectric, plyoelectric, I don't know what it is, but basically it's conducting through the uh, analog panel, the sound, so you don't need a speaker anymore. Um, so that's kind of one of their big things this year is they have this technology, which I'm not sure consumers really care about. I don't feel like a speaker earpiece is something that most people clamor to get rid of. And then they, they have some of these gesture-type deals. They, they added a time-of-flight sensor on the front, which... Um, allows for more sophisticated face lock like the 10 iPhone 10 and 10s um, and then it'll also they have this system where like you can hold your hand above the camera and it measures I don't know like the capillary performance or something in your hand so it's like measuring the blood flow in your hand and it will lock or unlock based off of that which I mean it has a rear fingerprint scanner and it has face unlock, so I mean it, while it's nice I guess to be able to hover my hand over it to unlock it in theory, I I want to secure that's going And then they showed this gesture system where if you hold your hand in exactly the right place, exactly the right angles, you can like like right order or twist your hand in the air and it'll you know, move apps or move the volume or whatever and can't to get it with this. Which, it looks cool um, when it works, which is not frequently, and it's, it looks fickle. And I think there's a 0% chance that it would in real life, but it means this. Um, and other than that, uh, they managed to not have a camera bump anymore. They aligned the camera, so I guess the credit where credit's due. The battery seemed adequate. They gave them slight, a slight, gave a slight bump. Um, they also showed the V50 ThinQ... 5G phone that they're going to release, which basically looks exactly like the V40. So, again, large ish notch, um, triple cameras on the back, except the double. I thought the 6.4 camera too. I think it has a 4,000 million power battery, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it, it looks, I, I don't I don't know who cares about these phones, but not quite sure. Um, they look exactly the same as last year's phones. They look like completely non-competitive versus the Samsung lineup that we just saw. Uh, there's nothing that stands out about them at all from my perspective. And I just, I'll, I think we're still waiting on pricing, but spoiler alert, I can virtually guarantee they'll be too expensive. So it's kind of a bummer. I don't quite understand what LG is doing with these phones. And I definitely can't understand why they're head of marketing insisted that this wasn't the phone they were going to release and then they released that very phone i mean that's easily like you know the internet never forgets so um is this yeah, one of those know, we, we had stuff from LG. is this one of those vanilla ice where he's like no man i didn't rip on david bowie david bowie's song goes dun 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 but my song goes dun 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 Dun, 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 dun. He's like, see, I added that hi-hat in there between the two riffs, so it's completely different. 
Is it one of those kind of things where the dude's like, hey, the leak said it was going to be called the G8, and it's actually called the G8 Thin Q, so it's totally not the phone you thought it was? I mean, I guess you could try to make whatever argument you want, but it's, it's your metaphor, by the way. God, I wish I could have that 30 seconds of my life back. But, um, uh, and if you're going to make that uh, argument, you should have added in, um, who's our boy, uh, Hammer, Hammer, oh, Hammer Time, Hammer Pants. Who is it? Come on, help me out. No, I'm going to let you twist, man. Nope. <laughs> are you referring? Are you referring to MC Hammer? But um, I still got a pair of the, those parachute pants somewhere. I think. Thank you for letting me twist the way that. I'm not going to get. Uh, I'm not getting my thirty seconds of life back either, man. Come anyway, on. Anyway, I'm just saying I don't understand what they're doing. Uh, nothing. There's no. I didn't like the design that much last year. I, I liked the V40 a lot better than I liked the G7. You liked the G7 better than I did. I was never a huge fan. And yeah, I did. I, I actually did kind of like it. I look at these phones and I'm like, why, why? Why do these exist? Why did they not do more? How do they think they're going to compete against... Let's even discount the Samsungs of the world at this point or, you know, Apples of the world. But, like, compared to, like, the Pixels or... Like a one plus sixteen, it's not even close. So I don't know what they're doing. Um, Is LG still going to have a mobile division in three years? I vote no. It's kind of tough. I mean, they make a ton of money in other markets and other business segments, just kind of like Samsung does. Like Samsung makes a ton of cash from just making displays for other people and making chips for other people through TSMC. So. I I don't know. I mean, I, I like a lot of LG's products. I really did like the G7. I thought it was kind of an underrated phone from last year. And I think there's a lot to like about it. Um, but their pricing structure just puts them in a place where you just you either go cheaper and get a OnePlus device, which virtually has everything and maybe some things that you might want even more, like a better skin than LG and, and faster updates than LG. Even though LG promised they were building this data center um, to strictly just work on software and get updates out to people. And yeah, not a ton of that has been happening for them yet. So um, good news. I did not have to fly to New York to see the G8 ThinQ launch. Um, bad news is I don't think anybody else was going to fly there to see the launch either. And the people that are going to Mobile World Congress were going to go there regardless because of all the other stuff that was going to be there. And LG is probably like, yeah, we're not going to sell too many of these phones. Let's just rent a booth at Mobile World Congress and save ourselves the trouble of spending a ton of money on a venue in New York City or San Francisco and call it a day. Yeah, I just I don't know what they're doing. Um, these are uncompetitive phones. Uh, there's unless the price is significantly lower than the Galaxy One, which I don't think it will be. There's just no reason to buy them. It can't be. It can't be. This is the the classic chicken and the egg situation that I see a lot of times from cable companies. And I've talked to people. I talked to um, who did I talk to? I talked to my brother in law the other day, and he's like, "Man, I got to get rid of this cable. Tell me about more about YouTube TV." And so I was telling him about it, 
And it was kind of like, yeah, I got to do that because the cable company raised my rates again. And I said, yeah, cable companies are raising their rates because of all the people going to cord cutting and getting their services from somewhere else. And so all the people who are left behind are seeing their prices go up. And so more people leave to cut the cord because their prices keep going up. And so it's kind of like LG is like, well, we got to raise the prices because not that many people are going to buy them. Well, if you cut the prices, maybe more people would buy your phone and you could make it up in quantity instead of quality. And that's not to say that, you know, phones are cheap and that people should, you know, basically sell the phones at no cost, like, um, you know, the Poco phone or whatever. But it is something where LG has got to be competitive on something. And if they're not going to be competitive on price, they literally have nothing else that people want to be competitive on. Because if they're going to go and pick a product that's going to be inferior to Samsung, like if they can't spend $750 or $899 on a Samsung product, then my guess is that they're probably just going to go way cheap and buy, you know, like a Moto G7 or something, which you know, they can get for way cheaper, but will perform, you know, almost as good because the people who can afford it are probably going to buy the Samsung or Apple or Pixel device anyway. Yeah, I just, it's, it's sad to watch what LG has been doing. They, they have these moments where they'll, they, they make all bad phones. Like the V10 was really interesting. I thought the G6 was good that year and certainly competitive. Um, I think the V4 is actually a funny phone. But they just never they never stand out even when they're even when they're kind of semi competitive with the Samsung offerings. Like last year was kind of an off year for Samsung. I think the V40 might be able to argue was you know kind of on par, even though not really. But this year they I don't know what they are. I just don't know what they're doing. Um, I guess they're doing slightly better than HTC because I haven't even heard. I know HTC is taking one last swing at a flagship phone, but literally I've heard not a peep. I've seen not one leak. I know nothing about what they're doing. So I just, I think HTC and LG are going to no longer do smartphones within the next few years. And they're going to be basically been replaced by Huawei, Xiaomi, and OnePlus, I guess. Yeah, I could, could very well be the case. And that, you know, a, a reduction in competition isn't necessarily great for anybody, as we've talked a lot about on the show. Anybody who's listened to us for a long time knows that, you know, we're, we're big fans of people who can innovate and try and come into the space. But when you have, you know, Andy Rubin's essential company basically failing, Razor and their, you know, two phones basically essentially failing, um, you know, LG and HTC, longtime players in this space, basically failing. Like it's, it's kind of a bummer. I mean, it, eventually we're just going to basically get to pick from like one of four phones. Like you either pick the Apple phone or you pick like one of three Android devices that are left on the market. And you know, Google eventually is going to give up on this whole making phones thing. So, um, you know, it's just it's going to be weird. And it's I don't know if it's a future that I'm really ready for. But the good news is, is we still have a little bit of choice and. We'll hold on to it for as long as we can keep it, I guess. What um, what else? Do you see anything else from Mobile World Congress? That was all the stuff that I had, but I didn't get a chance to explore it that much in depth, quite honestly. So um, anything no, anything else you saw? Um, not really. I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, Sony's press conference is tomorrow. Oh, that's right. And, I did see a couple um, of leaks of some of the Xperia phones. We've seen the leaks of their new flagship. Really, I'm interested in this phone. Um, it is, which is unusual for a Sony phone. Um, the leaked pictures look great. It has triple, the Xperia 1 is apparently what it's going to be called. Yeah. Um, it has tiny bezels, top and bottom, no notch. Triple cameras on the back, but it looks really nice. 
they apparently going to have a 4K 21.9 AMOLED screen. So 21.9 is kind of one of those new media standards that's coming out. But you know, if you're watching 16.9 or 18.9 or what have you, no notch 4K AMOLED, I bet that'll look pretty pretty damn good. So um, I'm really interested to see. This is one of the first Sony phones that I've been interested in in quite some time. Uh, I'm interested to see what they show. It's supposed to be expensive. I think it's going to be a thousand dollars. That's right up there with the Samsungs of the world. But it at least looks like it may have the the specs to compete, and it just looks nice. I don't know. There's something about it so far. It's it's interesting. I mean, that twenty one nine aspect ratio makes it really tall and kind of thin. Um, but I kind of like that. It, as we were talking about it, phones have been so standard for a lot of years. It's really just cool to see. The Samsung Galaxy Fold, something totally new. The Galaxy S10 with the pinhole screens, which is new and novel, at least right now. Um, we have these 21.9 aspect ratio screens. We have the, the Pinta camera on the Nokia PureView. The Mi Mix 3, which has no, you know, no bezel, excuse me, no uh, notch. It's just a slider. Um, I don't know. It's cool. This year, it's Someone wrote an article, I forget who it was, they said out which they're enjoying how weird smartphones are again, and I'm right there going, it's great that not everything's going to look the same. I mean, if, if you, it's too bad because like none of these phones all be on the same carrier, but um, it would be awesome if you got to walk in and see the cross offerings of what's going to be available this year. I mean, you know, a Galaxy Fold, the Samsung lineup, it'd be cool. You know, Huawei was there, and the Xiaomi phones, and everyone, it's like everyone's doing really cool stuff, but they're not all doing identical stuff any longer. And, um, compared to the last few years, that's a, a brush for the breath of fresh air is what I was searching for. The 2019 might be the year that we thought 2018 was going to be where we were going to get all of this cool stuff and we we're really going to be blown away by the novel technology that everybody's using. And then it just turned out to be kind of like a, a piss it away year because Samsung kind of set the tone with like the S9. Oh, it's kind of iterative. And then basically the the Pixel and the Apple devices were all just kind of like more of the same. And there wasn't really anything that was interesting in the way of cool new tech. Um, but this year is shaping up so far like it's going to be pretty good. So kudos to the world of tech in general for impressing these two guys. Yeah, one more thing to uh, there was one more thing we should tomorrow, I believe, which it may be private, so I'm not and I'll probably leak out because but I think OnePlus is going to show their 5G phone off. Um, we know it's going to be under a thousand dollars. It also appears that it's not coming to the United States, though. It sounds like it's going to be only overseas, maybe Europe or something. Um, but they are going to show it, and it supposedly has a new design language. And there was a rumor that we got today that. I'm unclear if it's going to be like a precursor to the OnePlus 7 design language or they're going to also maybe show privately the OnePlus 7 design. We've seen leaks of the OnePlus 7. It was a slider um, based on the leaks that looked semi like a Mi Mix 3, which I actually think would be great. Um, But, uh, yeah, we may see that as well. So uh, there's some cool stuff yet to come. Definitely, definitely. So anything else before we wrap it up? Wow, that was anticlimactic. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for dialing in, and I will talk to you later. See you at work. Can't wait. West Side. All right. Bye. So, that's the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember, you can find 
all of our written content over at silicontheory.com. Not a ton going on there lately, but I will have some links to this podcast. And if you are interested in the show, if you liked what you heard this evening, make sure you favorite or subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on anchor.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. If you're listening to this, you probably already know how to find us. And if you're interested, check out our video content over at our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Silicon Theory. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And remember, we will talk tech soon.